led by the Spirit of God more than ever. Uh, we, we've been over the last few weeks, we've looked at certain things like uh, remembering that we are a spirit people. Uh, we have uh, been born of the Spirit. You were birthed by the Spirit. We, man was created in the same category as God, in the same classification as God. And you say, well, what do you mean by that? God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. And so that's how we, <laughs> excuse me, were made. And so we want to continue looking at that. We've looked at things like last week we talked about being led by the inner voice. You have an inner voice. It's called your spirit. Pinocchio called him Jiminy. You know, it's a lot of your conscience. It's a lot of things that's in there. And so we just want to continue talking about being spirit-led and what does that mean? See, Jesus told us that God is spirit. And that those that worship Him have to worship Him in spirit and in truth. So unless we're actually being led by the Spirit, we're really not worshiping like we're, we need to worship. And we were created to live this way. And, and, and last week we talked about, okay, how do I listen to my inner voice? How do I listen to my inner spirit? And one of the things was getting quiet before God. Having that time where everything's quiet and you're just allowing Him to speak. Where there's no noise, there's no worship, there's no... You know, anything to take your mind. And then we looked at, uh, you got to go in before God and expecting God to speak with you. And then finally, write down. The Word says that let them write the vision on the tablets and make it plain so that they who read it can run with it. And that's what you need to do with the words that God speaks to you is write them down so that you can go back. With, write them down, put them on a voice memo, do something. So I want to continue in this because... The way Brother Hagin used to tell us at school was one way, but not the only way. And you knew that when he's going to tell you, okay, this is one way God moves, but it's not the only way God moves. So last week we talked about him talking to our inward spirit. Today I want to talk about being led by the Word. See, if you can't be led by the Word, then there's something wrong. Because matter of fact, John tells us that Jesus is the Word. The Word is more than just the Bible, but the Bible is a big part of it. Jesus Himself even read from the Word. And so we're going to talk today about being led from the Word. So let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. You thought I was going to say 2 Timothy 2, and, uh, but we're not. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 16. Uh, I'm reading now the Passion Translation. He says, every scripture has been written... By the Holy Spirit. Every scripture, Old and New Testament, come on, has been written by the Holy Spirit. Well, we don't need to listen to that anymore because that's the Old Testament. Then you're saying what Holy Spirit said then is not important to you now. Come on. How many of you know Jesus did not come to do away with the law? He came to fulfill the law. And once He fulfilled the law, He took the do's and don'ts out and left us with blessings. He fulfilled the law for mankind, and so now we're left with the blessings. But if you are a person that says the Old Testament is not for you, then you're missing out on a bunch load of blessings that God says is available to the believer. I know that's not real popular. But it says every scripture... 
is written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. Every, God. every scripture is inspired of God, King James says. It's God breathed. Every scripture is written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction. That's an unpopular word. Holy Spirit will correct you through the Word. It will empower you by its instruction. It will empower you by its correction. How many of you know correction is empowering? It will empower you by giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. So the Word of God, the whole Word of God is for you to correct you, to instruct you, and to lead you deeper into God. Well, I just want to get deeper into God. Well, you're only going to go so far if you don't put the Word in with it. Yeah, listening to our Spirit is great. It's, it, and, and communion with the Holy Spirit, getting just wiped out, racked out, drunk in the Holy Ghost, that's all good. See? She enjoys it. That's all good, and we enjoy that, and we love that, or he, it might have been wrong. Uh, and we love that, but I can't go all the way I want to go in just that. I have to have the Word come with me. The Word will take, it'll correct me, it'll instruct me, and it will take me deeper into the things of God. <clears throat> then, when, after I get into the Word, then you'll be God's servant, I love this, Fully mature. Fully mature and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment that God gives you. So what this Word does, whether you have it on your phone or an iPad or, or, or written pages, I don't, I don't ever have written pages anymore. No matter how you read the Word, it empowers you by its instruction by its correction, it is all from front to back, God breathed. And by getting into this word, it says it will make me mature. So does that mean if I don't know the word and I don't get into the word that I'm not a mature Christian? I heard somebody say probably. <laughs> you might have to preach, I don't know. He said, can we go back to verse 17, baby? I'm not used to Sydney being back there. I'm used to her being up here. Uh, he said, then you will be God's servant, fully mature, perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment given to you by God. I want you to look at this quote. I don't usually put quotes on the screen, but E.W. Kenyon says this. He said, our attitude toward the Word determines the place that God holds in our daily life. Now, if you don't know who E.W. Kenyon is, do yourself a favor. Get all the books you can. This was a man who wrote his own curriculum. And from Sunday school, from the youngest age to the oldest, everybody was being taught the same thing every week. And in the years he pastored his church, he buried not one person. <laughs> Not bad for an old free will Baptist boy, was he? That's what he was. He said, our attitude 
towards the Word determines the place God holds in our daily life. The Word should always be the Father speaking to us. It should never be like the message from an ordinary book. It should be as real to you as though the Master stood in the room and spoke it to you personally. That's how important the Word is. Now, let me tell you something, folks. I've, I have pastored in a place before where somebody actually looked at my wife and said, I don't need the Bible anymore. When I need something, I'll just read after this person and I'll read it. And there's nothing wrong with people reading after this person, reading after that person. But this is God's love letter. This is God's Word to you. Jesus lives not only in you, but He lives inside this because He is the Word. And when you read that page, you are actually reading the very voice of God in the person of Jesus. Oh, it excites me. I don't know about you. How important was this? Well, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness one time. He'd come up from being baptized. Oh, the dove came down. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. In the very next part, Steve, it says that the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. Don't think every wilderness situation you got yourself into is there because the devil is mad at you. It might be God saying, come out here, I want to show you something. <laughs> the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, into a desert place, it says. And it says He was there for 40 days and 40 nights. He didn't eat, He didn't drink. And all of a sudden, Satan comes to him and he immediately begins to deal with his flesh. Folks, Satan's not going to try to deal with your spirit. He don't care about that. But if he can get you to believe the lie about yourself, <laughs> so he'll begin to talk to that soul, deal you with the things of the flesh that the flesh enjoys and the flesh likes. And he says, hey, I tell you what, if you really are who you say you are, Turn the stones into bread and let's have a meal. And Jesus replies to him in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4 from Philip's translation. He replies to him and says, And Jesus answered <laughs> and said, The scripture says, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now that's not only the words He speaks to your inner man like we looked at last week, but it's also the word that you hold in your lap. That's what we live by. Every word. If I'm just living what He speaks to my spirit, what if my spirit, what if I'm just not listening that day? What if my mind is preoccupied with everything else and I'm not listening? But all of a sudden, I pick up the Word of God and He begins to lead me to a Scripture that just jumps off the page and into my spirit. And all of a sudden, I have found a voice of God that I wasn't even listening for. That's what the Word of God does for you. He says, I live from every word that comes out of God's mouth. Well, James, I mean, Timothy already told us that every word of the words you hold in your hand is God-inspired. Is God-breathed. He says, but man should not live. He said, okay, that's fine. And so Satan takes him on to the temple. Takes him to the top of the temple, says, throw yourself down. The word says, the angels will catch you. You won't even hurt your feet. And again, Jesus replies. Matthew chapter 4, verse 7. Jesus replies, 
Yes, retorted Jesus. And the scripture also says, see, look at what the enemy did. The enemy even tried to mistake scripture out of a context and use against Jesus. Don't think for a moment that he don't know scripture. He knows just enough to destroy you with. (laughs) And Jesus said, but it also says that you shall not tempt (coughs) the Lord your God. It says, fine, 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 whatever. So he takes him to the top of the mountain and he shows him everything. And he says, all this can be yours if you'll just bow down and you'll worship me. And again, Jesus' response is the word. He says in verse 10, he said, away with you, Satan. The scripture says, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. So what the word does, according to Timothy, he said it's good for instruction and it's good for correction, and it empowers you and makes you mature so that you can do what God has called you to do. So what does it do? The scripture will address every issue of your flesh. We call it that zombie nature. That nature that's already been killed. That nature that Jesus has already taken care of, that's already done. But we keep trying to feed this thing and resurrect it and let it destroy our lives. So the Word will take care of your flesh. The Word will solve issues of identity of who you are in Christ. That's why He did. If you are who you say you are, throw yourself. He was questioning Jesus' identity. Anybody ever had the enemy made you question your identity? Are you really who God says you are? Are you really that good? Are you really that clean? Are you really that holy? You're not that good because I remember, Bill, I know what you've done. You know, I remember the man you used to be. And so what he does is he causes you to question your identity. The Word will solve that issue. And then finally, it'll, talk, it'll settle our issues of pride. I know nobody here deals with that. I'm the only one. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4. I'm going to try to get through these as quickly as possible. Folks, I had to quit. Sally, I had stuff we could have preached on this for the last being led by the Word. We could have preached on this for a month. But we're going to shotgun it today and go. Matthew chapter 4, verse 12, (coughs) from the Amplified Classic, he says this. He says, For the Word that God speaks is alive and powerful. So you got to understand, the word that God speaks, we know that this is God-breathed, this is God-inspired, it was written by the Holy Spirit. This, along with what He speaks to your spirit, is alive. This word is alive. I've been doing this now, Ron, for 30-some years, and I still see things I never saw before. Or I'll read a scripture that I've read 50 times, Steve, and it says something different to me the next time I read it. Why? Because it's alive. It speaks to my flesh. It speaks to my identity. It speaks even to my pride. He says it's alive and full of power, making it active and operative, energizing and effective. It, shall, it is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, your spirit, and the, uh, uh, your soul, I'm sorry, and the immortal spirit. And of the joints and of the marrow, the deepest part of our nature, exposing and shifting or sifting and analyzing and judging the very thoughts and purposes 
of our heart. See, that's the, that's the importance of the Word. It'll take in our thought life, it'll take our deepest parts of us, our, our, our soul, our spirit, everything, and it will begin to penetrate deep into it. Now look at verse 13. We, we quote that one a lot. For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. But verse 13, it says, And not a creature exists that is concealed from his sight. From whose sight? The Word's sight. The Word is a person. John says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. See, this is Jesus. You can't separate Jesus from this. You can separate culture from this. Because a lot of this was written to a culture that's not ours. But the teachings of it are just as true. You can't separate Jesus from this. He became the Word. And the Word was written by the Holy Spirit. He said, and there is not a creature exists that is concealed from His sight. But all things are open and exposed, naked and defenseless to the eyes of Him with whom we have to do. That Word. Folks, the Word is powerful. If you're in here today and you're a believer of God and you don't have a Bible, see me. We will make sure we put some Word in your hands. Well, I have trouble with King James. That's okay. We've got different ones. Siri decided he wanted that. He said he'd put some word in your hand too. We'll put a word in your hand. Why? Because you need all of Jesus. You need all of Jesus. You need this part of the Holy Spirit that speaks to your spirit, and you need the part that jumps off the page and into your spirit. You need all of this. This is all God. It's all good. And he said, no one and nothing exists that is hidden from him. Go to Mark chapter 16. I finally had to just give up and just start writing Scripture down because there's just too much. Mark 16, verse 19 New American Standard Version puts it, uh, says it this way. So then when the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, He was received into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the Word with signs that follow. Signs and wonders confirm the Word. Us good, charismatic, Pentecostal people, we've tried to make it another way. We've tried to make <laughs> the Word confirm our signs and wonders. We've tried to make it fit into this. No, he says just preach the Word, and when he preached the Word, the Lord then comes on with you and begins to work with you. I was, I was going to preach at a church one time, and man, God would give me a Word. Sandy and I was ready, and I, I, I actually talked to the pastor's son and said, man, I am so excited. I, God has a word for the church. And he says, man, I am so excited too. I'm hoping the Holy Spirit moves so heavily, you don't even get to speak. 
that you don't even have to bring out a Bible is what he said. Guess what happened that night? Nothing. The driest, deadest thing. I, it was, I was up there and I was like, well, Pierce, we'll just do what we got to do. We came here. But you know why? Because they had pumped everybody up so much. Because I've preached in this church before, and we've seen signs, we've seen wonders, we've seen miracles, and they got focused on that where the Word didn't mean anything anymore. So that night, not a miracle, not a sign, felt like Jesus. Couldn't even lay hands on a few sick folk and get them healed. See, our attitude toward the Word determines God's place in our life. And the word, signs and wonders confirm the Word. The Word doesn't confirm signs and wonders. Oh. Are you with me? I, I, all I'm doing today is laying a foundation. We're talking about being Spirit-led. Spirit will lead you through the Bible. And a lot of people don't like this anymore. Where are we going? John 6. John 6, verse 63. Thank God for an iPad. Make my words real big, I can see them. John 6, 63 from uh, God's Word translation, he says life is spiritual. The New King James Version of that, it, it says it's the Spirit that gives life. But I like how God's Word puts it there. It says life is spiritual. Folks, you are having a spirit experience right now. When you get up tomorrow, it's a spiritual experience. When you go to lunch today, it'll be a spiritual experience. <laughs> Hallelujah. Life is a spiritual experience. Everything is spiritual. People talk about, well, I'm just worried about, you know, people talk about being drunk in the Holy Spirit. You're drunk all the time. Holy Spirit, you're inebriated. You're full of the Holy Spirit. You can't get away from Him. Oh, come on. He says life is a spiritual experience. Life is spiritual. Your physical existence doesn't contribute to that life. Woo! This doesn't experience to the, doesn't lead into the life that I'm living. I'm living a spiritual experience. You are living a spiritual. We judge everything by the flesh and how it does, but we're not paying attention to what is actually going on, that we're actually living out a spiritual experience. Well, so we pay attention to what's happening to our flesh. He says your physical existence doesn't contribute to that life. The words that I have spoken to you are spiritual. King James says the words that I've spoken to you are spirit and life. He says, the words I'm speaking to you are spiritual. They are life. Well, every word of the scriptures are what? God breathed. This is life. This, this word is life. Everything about your existence is spiritual. Shh. You, you think of yourself like that. I'm telling you, you'll act weird. <laughs> and it's a fun weird too, let me tell you. He said, it's life. So everything we look at, and this word that we're holding in our hands or on our phones or wherever it is you do your study, 
I, please understand me. I'm not telling you don't read other people's books. But understand, you know how they got their book? Through studying the Word, listening to their inner voice, and living out a spiritual experience. Everybody else's words are okay, but they're not a replacement for the Word of God in your life. Because you won't hear all God has to say by simply trying to, okay, I'm going to tune in. Because sometimes we tune out. Anybody ever went through a day and said, oh, I didn't even talk to Jesus today. I've done it. You get busy with things and that's my best friend. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I've ignored you all day. You've been with me all day. You don't ever leave me. So but I've ignored you. Let me tell you, husbands, here's you, here's you a test. Go home and try this with your wife. Go all day and don't speak to her and see what her attitude is at the end of it. Jody says she just wishes Ted would tell <laughs> But you see, that's what it is. I, I have to go a day. And see, I can't hear everything he's got to say that if I don't put the word in with it. I, I love it when he speaks to my spirit. He can speak to me through a song. I tell you what. You want to know, I'm going to tell on myself, and if you judge me and you don't come back, I just want to remind you what Holy Spirit said in the Word, judge not lest you be judged. You know what I was listening to in, in, in the drive-thru at Taco Bell the other night? A song, Blinded by the Light, and it wasn't a Hank Williams version. But all of a sudden, the guitar solo hits in that, Lana, and I felt God move. God doesn't care. We, we're, we're the ones that's put up all this silliness. Life is a spiritual experience. Everything in life is a spiritual experience. Even some weird guitar solo that came on the radio. See how quiet it got? Probably shouldn't have said it. Yeah, I know. But it's all a spiritual experience. And so God began to move. And there was a, and there was a, and then I got out of my car and I'm like, I'm walking. I'm completely healed. Why? Because it's a spiritual experience. But you know what? Is this a spiritual experience? When I sit down in my office or I sit down at home and I begin to open up the Word of God and I see things that after 30 some years of devout study, I'm like, I've never seen that before, Sally. Oh, I see it differently than I did 20 years ago. And it changes my life in a whole different direction. Oh, the Word is so great. You need the Word. So how do we be led by the Word? Joshua chapter 1 gives us the answer, I believe, in verse 8. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. How to be led by the Word. I'm reading this out of the voice. <coughs> he says, let the words from this book of the law. Yeah, but we're not under the law. The word law there is not referring to the Torah. That's what they had. He's talking about the instruction of God. That word, yeah, Joshua had the, the Torah. And that when what God is talking about, that's why you see it in a lower case there. He's talking about the instruction of God. But let not this book of the law, 
Let it always be on your lips. Meditate on them day and night so that you may be careful to live by all that is written in it. We can't live by all of that. Let me tell you something, folks. Jesus took care of most of it. All you have to do is live out the blessing now. Live out... Oh. Y'all know that Jesus became the curse that the law brought in. The Word says, Cursed is everyone that hangs on the tree. Jesus became the curse. He took the curse out of this. Woo! You're not under curses anymore. But that doesn't make the law and, and the Old Testament any less relevant to your life. Oh, glory. He said, let this book of the law not depart out of your mouth. I'm, I know I'm quoting King James Version. Let it be ever on your lips. Meditate in it day and night. That you may be careful to live by all that is written in it. If you do, as you make your way through this world you will prosper and always find success. Well, how is Joshua going to prosper and always find success? By the Word becoming preeminent in his life. So if the Word is not preeminent in my life, will I prosper in everything and will I have success in everything? Folks, I love the move of the Holy Spirit. I love it when the Holy Spirit speaks to me and I can just sit back and listen to and speak on the inside. But then I love those times when the Word jumps off a page or a screen and it hits me between the eyes, and I thought, oh, that's what I needed. And I followed the thing that I've never seen before. So let's look at those. What did he say to do? I want to look at it first, what he said to do. He said to meditate. Meditation is not wrong. Five. <laughs> Got to let things settle down. God wants you to meditate. Uh, okay. The ancient Hebrew for that word meditate, it means a murmuring of soft speech while in continual contemplation of something. So what did he want him to murmur? He wanted to meditate. He wanted him to just over and over meditate on the Word. I'm not talking about quoting a bunch of Scripture. But if you know the gist of what that Scripture has said to you, you can mutter it over and over. Talk to yourself a little bit. Meditate. Meditate, sit down, get quiet before God and let the word, meditate, let that word that you just read, meditate, soft, just over and over again. Begin to talk to yourself about what the word has said to you. This is what he said to do. He said, if you meditate, you'll prosper and have good success. Meditate on what? Meditate on the word. Okay. You start using these words and people start freaking out for no reason. Meditate on what? Meditate on the word. It means to be in continual contemplation over a matter. So what does God want you to do? Not only listen to your spirit, talk to the spirit, read the word, but then just constantly be thinking on that word. Constantly on thinking on, okay, what did that mean to me? What did God say to me in that? Oh God, I know you said that you would love me. You would never leave me. You would never forsake me, but you would go with me to the very end of the year. And so what am I doing? I'm sitting down and I'm quiet before God and I'm just muttering this over and oh, you'll never leave me. 
You saw more in me than I ever saw in myself. You are chasing me down. You are my beloved and you are leaping over mountains to come to me. Oh God. And so what am I doing? I'm meditating over and over. This has become my mantra. This has become my chant. This has become the reality of the Word coming alive in me. Psalms chapter 1. From the Amplified Classic Version in verse 1, he says, Blessed, happy, fortunate, prosperous, enviable is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans, and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and mockers are. Now, that word uh, in, the, in the original language, that actually meant the shallow thinkers. The scorners were the shallow thinkers. The ones who are not contemplative. Contemplative. Yeah, that's a word. Who don't continue to allow the word to wash over them. He said, but his, uh, gather. He said, but his delight and desire are in what? The law. The instruction. See, people want to say, oh, I'm not under the law. He's not talking about that. He's not talking about the curses. He's talking about the instruction. He said, he said, who's delight? He delights in the law of the Lord and on His law, His precepts, the instructions, and the teachings of God, He habitually meditates, ponders on, and studies. How often? Day and night. Exactly what He told Joshua. Verse 3, and He shall be. So what happens as a result of my pondering and my meditation on the Word? And he shall be like a tree planted by the water. Pick that up real quick. You'll look something like this. Can she get it off there? Somebody help her. She'll figure it out. It's a 10% rule. Yeah. It says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the waters. It says, and he, see what, what man is planted by the water? What man is a tree whose delight is in the instruction of the word? And he shall be like a tree planted and tended in the streams of water, ready to bring forth fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not wither or fade. And look what he says here. And everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. What man prospers and come to maturity whose delight is in the law, the Word of God. This only comes by meditation. Thinking. You grab a scripture that has a promise to you. I'm going to talk about Ted here for a minute. Ted's got what he calls a war board in his house. Ted and I was praying about something the other day and the Lord gave me a, a scripture for him. Isaiah chapter 30, verses 20 and 21, wasn't it? From, from the, uh, uh, the Passion Translation. Where he says, though the Lord may allow you to go through a season of hardship, He will be right there with you. You'll know Him as your teacher. And you will hear His voice from behind you saying, when you turn to the left or you turn to the right, you'll hear His voice behind you saying, this is it, you're on the right path. And so he takes these Scriptures home and he writes them. And he goes back and he prays those Scriptures every day. 
Why? Because it's speaking to the thing that he's praying about. That are the direction that God spoke to him. And so the word is confirming what God has already said to him. Ooh, glory. And the man who prospers and whose, tree, whose leaves never fade, and a man who is prosperous in all he does, is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord. The second thing Joshua told him to do, he said, let this law ever be on your lips. You've got to speak the word. Quit speaking doubt. Quit speaking fear. I'm not talking about positive affirmations, and there's nothing wrong with those. But I'm talking about the word of God spoken in your life has power to remove the enemy from your life. Ask Jesus to work for him in the, in, in the forest, in the wilderness. You got to be, we, we, we already know Jesus overcame by the word. Deuteronomy chapter 30. We're almost there, folks. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11 from the voice says it this way. He says, after all, what I'm commanding you today isn't too difficult for you. I'm not asking you to do anything hard. It isn't too difficult for you. It's not out of reach. It's not up in the sky. So you don't have to say who will go up into heaven and get it for us and, and tell us what it is so we can obey it. It's not across the sea. So you don't have to say, who will go beyond the watery abyss and get it for us and tell us what it is so we can obey it. No, the words you need to be faithful to the eternal are very close to you. They are in your mouth. Always talk about these laws as I've commanded you. Get the Scripture. Get it. Well, I'm not good at memorizing Scripture. Don't memorize it. Get what is the Holy Spirit is saying and just begin to talk that way. Begin to talk how the Word talks about you. Begin to speak how the Word says about you. Begin to declare what the Word says. Let it always be on your lips. And, they, and, and they're in your mouth. As I've commanded you, in your heart, treasure them there. That's our problem, Bill. We don't treasure the Word. It's a thought. We look at it like, well, it's a Christian duty and I'm, I've been freed from duty and I don't have to do duties anymore. <laughs> I just don't have to do that stuff anymore. I'm beyond it. So you're beyond Jesus. Because He is the Word. And every Scripture was written by the Holy Spirit. So you're beyond that. Man, it'll get you in trouble. The Word is vital, folks. If you don't have one, let us know. The second thing he told Joshua to do, let's go back to verse 8. And I'm bringing her in for a landing. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. He said, let the words from this book of the law always be on your lips. Talk about them. Meditate, ponder it, go over it and over it and over it again. Murmur it, make it your mantra, chant it. Meditate on it day and night. And be careful to live by all that is written in it. I think the third thing that we need to take from this set of scriptures is not only do you need to meditate on the word, not only do you begin to speak the word, but you and I 
need to quickly act on the word. Sometimes God speaks to us. I've read, I've read a thing before. And I've known what to do from that word. And I'm like, eh, eh, I'll get to it. I'll get around to it. Or the word said, don't do that. It'll be okay. It's for a good reason. It's for a good cause. And if we don't quickly act on the word, then we'll quickly neglect what the word said to us. And then we get mad at God and want to blame him because his word didn't work. Brother Hagin used to say, people used to come to him and say, well, I tried the word and the word didn't work. He said, no, the word tried you and you didn't work. <laughs> James chapter 1. We're going to close here in just a second. James chapter 1, verse 22. Uh, yeah, from the Living Bible says this. And remember... It is a message to obey, not just listen to. Remember, it is a message to obey. Did that one not come up, baby? Nope. It's what happens when you do things at 6 o'clock in the morning. James chapter 1, I'm reading out of the Living Bible. He says, and remember, it is a message to obey, not just listen to. So don't fool yourselves. For if a person just listens and doesn't obey, he is like a man looking at his face in a mirror. As soon as he walks away and he can't see himself anymore or he doesn't remember what he looked like. What's a mirror do? A mirror shows us things that are out of place. Trust me, until I looked in the mirror this morning, I did not look as good as I look now. The mirror showed me Things in my life, that word is a mirror. It'll show me things in my life that I am doing to myself. Nobody slept on my head like I did last night. Right? I did that to myself. The word will show you what is in your life that needs corrected. He said, don't just fool yourselves here. He said, but if anyone keeps looking steadily into God's law, into God's instruction, into God's word, he keeps steadily looking into God's law, for, uh, for free men, he will not... See, the Word is not binding you. Well, I just don't want to be bound by nothing, so I'm not going to be bound by that Bible. The Word is a free... The, the King James says that, that Scripture, it says the perfect law of liberty. That's what the Bible is. It's the perfect law of liberty. He said, but if any man will keep looking into God's perfect law for free men, he will not only remember it, but will, he will do what it says, and God will greatly bless him in everything he does. What brings blessing? Doing what the Word says. Let the words be always on my lips, meditate in the Word all the time, and doing quickly what it says to do. And then I find myself walking like Josh, Josh, Joshua said, when I walk through this life, I will be successful and prosperous by listening to what Holy Spirit says here, by listening to what Holy Spirit says here. This and this together works, folks. That's what brings prosperity. That's what brings blessing. I'm going to leave you with one last scripture, Psalms 119, and we're going home. 
Psalms 119. Folks, if you don't have a daily diet of the Word, you're starving yourself. We have no excuse in today's society. We've got it online. We've got it on tape, if you still have a tape player. We've got it on CD. The one I study from online, it'll read to you. It just reads. I get up in the mornings and he's got... I hear some man's voice coming through my house. But he's reading the Word. Well, she's drinking her coffee. She's not even trying to look at it then. She's just reading it, just hearing it. We have no excuse, Dan. Psalms 119. Is it not on there either, baby doll? Okay. Verse 97 from the Passion Translation. You should have had time to look it up. Psalms 119, verse 97 Oh, how I love and treasure the revelation of your word. Oh, how I love. See, that's what David, how many of you say David was successful? You know why? Oh, how I love and treasure the revelation of your word. Throughout the day, my heart is, I fill my heart with its light. By considering, pondering, mulling over, meditating, on your commands, I have an edge over my enemies. For I take seriously everything you say. It gives you an edge over the enemy. He said, for I take seriously everything you say. Verse 99. You have given me more understanding than those who teach me. For I have absorbed <laughs> your eye-opening revelation. The Word, folks, not only are we Spirit-led by the Spirit inside of us and by our inner voice, but the Word of God, the Bible, that is all spoken of by the Holy Spirit, leads us as well. One way, but not the only way, that Holy Spirit leads is by the Word. I want to leave you with one last quote by E.W. Kenyon. I don't know if it's up there or not. Evidently, I forgot to put things up there. E.W. Kenyon said this, I wonder if you ever realized that the Father is jealous over His Word. He never set low estimate upon it. He holds it in the highest regard. If He said it, that ends it. Now look what He says about the Word. To His enemies, it is but paper and ink. But to the lovers, it is life and health. It is joy unspeakable. That's the Word. Don't ever come to the point where the Word is not vital to our lives. Father, we thank You for today. We thank You for who You are and what You are in our life. Father, I thank You for the opportunity just to be in Your presence. I thank You for the opportunity for Your Word. And I, Father, it just means so much to me and I value it. It's one way, but not the only way that You speak to me. And so, Father, let us be overwhelmed with the power and the glory that is in the written Word. Let us know it, mutter it, ponder on it, chant it. Let it become a mantra to us, Lord. And let us do what David did when he said, How oh, I love the revelation of your word. Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.